All right, News Roundup Information Overload Hour. We'll get to your calls coming up this hour. I promise, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. So there are numerous lawsuits out there on a, on a number of issues, some dealing with uh, executive overreach, some dealing with vaccine mandates, some dealing with uh, not enforcing the laws at the border. Anyway, front and center in a lot of these is the Attorney General of the great state of Arizona, uh, Mark Burnovich, who's going to join us in a minute. And tomorrow they will, there's going to be a hearing as it relates to Burnovich versus Biden, and that has to do with the vaccine mandate. And, you know, remember, they, they said they would never do this. Let me remind you. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand to be mandatory. Perhaps the federal government should step in and issue mandates. And if not, are you putting the needs of unvaccinated people ahead of the needs of vaccinated people? I think the question here, one, that's not the role of the federal government. Um, that is the role that institutions, private sector entities, uh, and others may take. We cannot require someone to be vaccinated. That's just not what we can do. I am all for um, more vaccination, um, but uh, you know, I, I have nothing further to say on that except that we're looking into those policies. And, and quite honestly, as people are doing that locally, um, those, are, those are individual local decisions as well. I don't think you'll ever see a mandating of vaccine, particularly for the general public. All right, so that's what they said. You have Biden and Walensky and Fauci and Saki and Pelosi. They all, oh, no, we can't do that. No, that's not the role of the federal government. Anyway, so tomorrow there is a hearing set for arguments. The case is called Burnovich versus Biden. It's the first in the nation challenge to Biden's COVID-19 vaccine mandates. Uh, the attorney general, Mark Burnovich, is also now running for Senate against reliable Chuck Schumer supporter uh, Mark Kelly uh, is with us. Uh, sir, welcome to the program. Thanks for being back with us. Thank you, Sean, for having me. Lots going on, lots to talk about. Well, we have the Fifth Circuit ruling. Does that in any way impact your case tomorrow? Uh, not directly, because we filed our first lawsuit, which is being heard tomorrow, which is about the fact that the federal government cannot require federal employees and government contractors to mandate the vaccine. The OSHA rule, where the Fifth Circuit uh, made its decision, deals with private contractors um, or of private businesses with more than 100 employees. And so we also have a lawsuit on that, but it's in the Eighth Circuit. So me, we, my colleagues and I have been involved in numerous paths of litigation because it is all hands on deck because basically the Biden administration is in catastrophic denial that the fact that they're basically shredding the Constitution and they're allowing the real super spreader event, which is occurring at our border, they're allowing that to occur with natural immunity and they're shredding the Constitution in the process. And so tomorrow's hearing will be about the issue about vaccine mandates for federal employees and federal contractors, which is separate from the Fifth Circuit case. You know, on that Fifth Circuit case, what was really amazing was the Biden administration reaction afterwards. And their reaction was, oh, no, no, don't pay attention to the court. Just go forward. Now, you know better than anybody that, you know, we're supposed to be a country governed by the rule of law. Our laws are based on our Constitution. Our president swears to uphold uh, an, an oath and a pledge to the Constitution. Uh, but Joe Biden has ignored laws at the border. And now he's telling people to ignore the Fifth Circuit's ruling, which I find, you know, just beyond audacious to me and just arrogant beyond belief. Um, so my question is, as you go forward, 
How long will this take? Is it possible you might get a stay tomorrow? Is that a possibility? Well, that's we are asking for a temporary restraining order. So we are asking for that. So the Fifth Circuit case deals with businesses that have more than 100 employees. And our case deals with, you know, the DEA agents, the Border Patrol agents, folks that work in the federal government, and anybody that's a contractor of the federal government. So... What the Biden administration is essentially trying to do, Sean, is basically require the vaccine for everybody. And so we know that they really, the Biden administration is basically, as I said, trying to shred the Constitution. And our Constitution is the first line of defense in any emergency. And it can't be masked. It can't be canceled. um, It can't be socially distanced because it's a timeless document. And the fact the Biden administration and his phalanx of lawyers at the Department of Justice would basically flaunt the rule of law and flaunt federal judges is really dangerous. You know, people talk about undermining um, the Constitution, our Republican form of government. But when you have an administration or whoever's speaking in President Biden's earpiece saying that they can ignore federal court orders, I mean, that is shocking. I mean, what, that this is where, you know, where's the ACLU? Where are all those, you know, left-wing liberal groups that say they love the Constitution? They should be outraged right now that any administration would even suggest that a federal judge's orders are recommendations um, and not binding. So the reality is, though, we've now, since Joe Biden has been sworn into office, we have watched a president of the United States just pick and choose what laws he wants to enforce and, and what laws he doesn't. This mandate, you know, Pelosi said it, Fauci said it, Saki said it, Walensky said it, Biden said it. They all said they didn't have the ability to mandate this vaccine. Now you see the reaction. Why is how is it possible that they not only ignore laws at our border, but then they pick and choose laws that they want to enforce? Now, if I did that, why do I believe, Mr. Attorney General, if I go to your state of Arizona and I aid somebody in breaking the law and coming into this country illegally, why would I think that I'd probably get handcuffed and put in jail? Am I wrong in thinking that? You are not wrong in thinking that, Sean. And how ridiculous this has become. I literally was at the border on Friday. And we were there, and we literally watched people coming across with carry-on luggage, with bags coming across, literally just walking across. Border Patrol was there, pointing them to the truck. And I couldn't help but think to myself, I get more scrutiny going through TSA at the airport than folks are coming across the border with their luggage that are entering the country illegally. And so this is truly chaos. And you know that when it comes to presidential authority, when it comes to the military, when it comes to the border, that's where the Constitution actually gives the administration authority. That's what they're supposed to be doing. And when they systematically disregard disregard that, it does undermine the rule of law. And that's why we have a lawsuit. Last week, the week before, the U.S. Supreme Court accepted our certiorari petition in the public charge rule. We have our ongoing lawsuits about trying to force the Biden administration to follow the law when it comes to deporting people with deportation orders, trying to force them to build the wall. So we are trying to fight in the courts, and we're doing everything we can. And meanwhile, you see these vaccine mandates, and you know that once a vaccine, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a doctor, but I believe in the Constitution. And we know that once a vaccine is given, I mean, it's not like you can say King's X and, you know, unadminister it. So that's why it's important for the courts to act and force the federal government, to force the Biden administration to follow the powers that are actually delegated it in the Constitution and preserve uh, our individual liberty, preserve 
the traditional notions of federalism and the separation of powers and to make sure that when it comes to issues like the border, they are forced the Biden administration to actually do what the law and the Constitution requires. And when it comes to things like the vaccine mandate, they should not be infringing on anyone's individual liberty. Wow. Amazing. What time is the hearing tomorrow? Uh, It is in the morning. It's at uh, 1030. All right. Uh, We wish you luck. Keep us in the loop. Uh, Senate candidate and also the attorney general of the great state of Arizona, Mark Burnovich. We appreciate you keeping us up to speed on all this. Oh, last question. Yes. Um, How is it possibly possible legally if people don't respect our laws, they break the law, they don't respect our borders and sovereignty? Is there any legal justification at all to reward such law breaking with four hundred and fifty thousand dollars in compensation? No, there isn't. And Sean, you know my family fled communism, and my mom and all of her friends from church are so upset. When they came to this country, they had to follow the rules. No one put them up in hotels. No one gave them free benefits, you know, schools and, you know, welfare and everything else. And now the notion that we're going to reward law-breaking, it's like as if someone broke into your house and then you're paying the burglar to steal your TV, right? I mean, it just doesn't make any sense at all. It really doesn't. All right. Keep us in the loop. We wish you a lot of luck tomorrow. There's a lot riding on this lawsuit, and we'll follow it very closely. Uh, Mark Ber- uh, Bernovich, thanks for being with us. Thank you, Sean. Right, back to our busy phones. Uh, let's stay in Arizona. Karen is next on the Sean Hannity Show. Hey, Karen, how are you? I'm fine, Sean. Thank you. I just want to tell you there's such a privilege and a blessing to speak with you. Thank you so much. Uh, the privilege is all mine. Thank you. Oh, I want to talk about the um, vaccine mandate. My husband has worked with a company for over 30 years. My entire family, we all had COVID and survived it. We had our blood tested. We do have the antibodies, which are supposedly far better than any vaccine. Uh, We are not going to take the vaccine. Um, As I said, my husband has worked with the company for over 30 years. Um, They have given uh, Biden his first date, mandate date, was December 8th. And um, um, my husband's company that he works for, um, they match the uh, employees' contributions for their 401k on December 15th. So a week after the mandate, which is December 8th, if they are not employed on December 15th, which they won't be, they will not receive their uh, 401k contributions from the company, which will be about $10,000 for us. Now, my husband went to HR, and the first thing she said was, are you telling me that you're going to forfeit your 401k contributions. Now here, and also they do government contract work. Now on Thursday of last week, Biden extended the date to January 4th in light of the holidays. However, the company that my husband works for will not do that. And they made such a big deal when employees went to them complaining about the December 8th date that they had to follow the uh, mandate from President Biden and, and sticks Strictly to that date. Now we have a new date, and they won't they won't honor that. You know, it, it, it's pretty sad to me. And and you know, people misinterpreted my comments that I've been making. I'm, I uh-huh. I think the debate over vax and don't vax is over in in this sense. I think everybody's made up their mind. I think we've we've uh-huh. heard from Biden, we've heard from Kamala, we've heard from Fauci, we've heard from the NIH, we've heard from the CDC. I think a lot of vaccine hesitancy is because they are constantly changing their standards. And one day it's this, the next day it's the opposite. One day it's this, the next day it's the opposite. 
and and I really do believe a, a lot of hesitancy among people has come from that. Now, as for the science, if we're going to follow the science, which is their mantra of natural immunity, the most compelling information that I have seen is is out of Israel. And it's a study mm-hmm. of almost 800,000 people. And this specifically dealt with the Delta variant and breakthrough cases and those vaccinated versus those that had natural immunity. And what the, the early results show, and I emphasize early because it does need to get peer reviewed, but I'm again, I'm following the science. I'm very interested in what the final numbers come out to be. But their early indications are that natural immunity was 27 times more effective in preventing transmission of the Delta variant than than the vaccine was because remember with the vaccine right. with the, with the delta variant we all of a sudden started having these breakthrough cases now right. the, we even had the doctor that created the mrna technology that allowed the for the creation of the moderna and pfizer um vaccines robert malone who's a great guy medical doctor and he believes he's been following that study as well and he said wow it looks like that that natural immunity is way better than the very technology that allowed for the two main vaccines that are being used in this country. And that was a pretty profound statement. Nobody in the media wants to, you know, follow the science. Look, what I've learned is follow the science means follow the science only when it's convenient to your political agenda. Um, So the way I'm, I'm proposing to thread the needle is Joe Biden, when he gave his vaccine mandate speech, remember he said he would never do it, said, Nancy Pelosi said we couldn't do it. He did say that people would either have to get the vaccine if you have 100 employees or more or the people could get tested. I, You know, I've had a million tests myself. Doesn't seem like a big deal to me. Um, And I, I, I the only reason I'm offering this suggestion is because I don't want people to lose their jobs, lose their salaries, lose their benefits and lose their pensions because it's going to cause it is going to cause upheaval in families' lives. And people depend on their paycheck every week. They depend on their retirement. They depend on their benefits like health care benefits, et cetera. I don't want them to lose it. So at least if we give them some option that would also protect the workplace in terms of health reasons, et cetera, at least that is, to me, it, it seems like a, the most reasonable thing I can think of that would work. Your last I'll give you the last word. There is no option of being tested. Um, so that's you either you get the vaccine or you're, uh, what did they say? You're abandoning your position on the 8th. You will not even be considered terminated. They're, they're going now, to be sued. Uh, let me tell you, all these companies that do this, I guarantee you, there's going to be one lawsuit after another. This is going to be just like this. You know, we just had Attorney General Brnovich on. I, I'm telling this is going to become a legal nightmare for years to come. Um, anyway, I got to run, Karen. I'm so sorry that your family's going through this. I hope there's a resolution. I really do. Um, it sounds like it's causing your family a lot of, of unnecessary anxiety. All right, 25 now until the top of the hour. 800 941 Sean, if you want to be a part of the program. Um, I don't know how many of you saw my interview with James O'Keefe last night on, on Hannity. Um, I'm trying to understand the why behind this. Um, Apparently, he had a source, maybe maybe even a whistleblower, who knows, hand him 
what they told him was Joe Biden's daughter Ashley's diary. They tried to corroborate it. They were not able to do so. They never printed any of the information that was in this diary because they couldn't they couldn't vouch for its authenticity. I gave you the whole lowdown on the Pentagon Papers case. Stolen materials. Daniel Ellsberg gives it to The New York Times. They print it. Goes to the Supreme Court. 6-3 landmark decision in favor of the New York Times. They also partnered with The Washington Post. And they have the right to publish even stolen materials, which it was. And so it would, it would seem applicable in this case. Now, not only did James O'Keefe not published the materials because he couldn't corroborate whether or not they were authentic or not. A year ago, he himself went to law enforcement and gave them the diary in case maybe there was something to this, Um, not knowing where it came from. Now, I don't think he gave the source away. Usually, if you work in media, uh, you don't give up your sources. They remain confidential. Um, Then the question becomes, okay, if he didn't print it, he didn't run with it. He even gave it to law enforcement voluntarily. Why did the FBI raid his house? Why did they take his computers? Why did they take his phones? What is really going on here? Because at this point, we don't have any answers. And I know probably everybody in the media, they don't particularly like James O'Keefe. He's good at what he does. Um, interestingly, they don't have a problem when NBC News does To Catch a Predator or 60 Minutes. They, they built their entire show off of of hidden camera interviews and and things such like that this is pretty much the same style and there's no answer to it um that scares me there is an fcc nominee her name is Gigi Sohn, and Gigi Sohn has some pretty radical views um she said that for example she's not advocating for reinstating old rules she said this on a media site cnet last year but we need to push the fcc authority to adopt policy to handle issues like zero rating data caps and progressives want the government to regulate broadband rates like electricity prices and by the way she suggests she's on board she's also hinted at deploying the FCC if she becomes the head of it, um, regulatory power to censor conservative media and revive the fairness doctrine. Quote, for all my concerns about Facebook, I believe that Fox News has had the most negative impact on our democracy, she tweeted in October of 2020. It is state-sponsored propaganda and few of any opposing viewpoints. Well, the opposing viewpoints are everywhere else. Actually, Fox has more diversity of opinion than any other channel. Most people that work at Fox don't agree with Sean Hannity on everything. And and that's obvious in, in, in our programming. If you turn on CNN, you basically get one thought all day long, 24-7. The same with MSDNC. So she believes that the state is endorsing conservative speech by allowing cable companies to carry it and also suggested using the FCC's power over broadcast licenses to censor conservative outlets. After, for example, Tribune abandoned its merger with Sinclair, she said, oh, today's a great day for America, uh, and Americans who believed in the diversity of voices in the media is better for our democracy. This sounds like a chilling attempt 
to silence conservatives. We thought, oh, the fairness doctrine is dead. No, if this woman becomes the head of the FCC, we need to know what her beliefs are. At some point, we may need you to call your senators and stop this. Um, even Eric Wemple, who's been no fan of mine over the years at the Washington Post, finally took on CNN and MSDNC over the Steele dossier, calling it a reckoning is years overdue. In other words, he's recognizing all of the lies that have been spewed over a period of of what four years as it relates to Trump and the dirty Hillary Clinton bought and paid for dirty Russian dossier. Pretty amazing. Uh, anyway, 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. One really sad story I want to pass on to you. And I saw this today, and I, I just I, I couldn't believe I'm reading this. So it was on the front cover of the New York Post today. And the headline says, The judge let him go, and I am not letting go. It's a mother, her plea, after her son killed by a teen offender who was let free by the court. She lost her 21-year-old son, a beautiful young man, uh, killed by a 17-year-old who was convicted of weapons possession and assault in a previous shooting and set free on probation. This gets to the heart of New York's no-bail insanity. A Bronx teen cut loose by a judge in a robbery shooting over prosecutors' objections only to now murder a completely innocent young man in this, in this incident that they call a botched gang hit. Well, you can't bring this, this young man back to life. You know, now Joe Biden wants to take New York's idiotic no-bail laws and nationalize them. That's how insane the liberal mind is. Um, the 50th person in Chicago has now been charged with murder or attempted murder while out on a felony bond. 50. At what time do we say that the people that allow this to happen ought to be held accountable? In other words, kind of like Joe Biden in Afghanistan has blood on his hands. John Androsik's song. Or, you know, at what point if you're freeing people that are accused of, of using weapons, felony assault, etc., and no bail laws, at what point do you take the responsibility because it's your idiotic law that freed people that obviously are a threat to society? At what point do we say that they have blood on their hands, in other words? Because I hold them accountable because they're the ones that put this insanity in place. Um, all right, let's get to our busy phones. Vance is in New Jersey. Vance, how are you? Glad you called, sir. Frustrated, but uh, otherwise doing okay. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Uh, it, there's so much I want to say and not enough time to get through it. But first, I do want to tell you this. I love how you very delicately and tactfully made the nexus between uh, Chris Hansen to catch a predator and that disgusting diary. I'm just going to leave it there because we don't want to uh, open ourselves up to lie. Well, I don't, I don't very, know anything about the diary. I'm not sure what you're saying here. In other words, that type of journalism, undercover cameras, it's it's been used by NBC. It's been used by 60 Minutes on CBS. And right. the only analogy the only analogy I'm making is that in fact, um, this has been a practice within journalism and the media for decades. That's all I'm saying. Understood. And the fact that somebody, the FBI, raided this man's uh, home, not his office, 
his home, probably where his wife and kids were re- His relaxing. home and office. Yes, it, oh, they well, raided yeah, both. Guys, it's disgusting. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Uh, but I wanted to uh, rant a bit about this vaccine mandate, if you'll indulge me. I'm a truck driver. I'm actually in a truck right now, actually, in, in New Jersey. Well, thank you for uh, what you do, by the way, because we wouldn't have any food in our grocery stores uh, if it wasn't for people like you. And you do a, a, a very, that is a really important job. Thank you for that. There's a sign that... Oh, no, we losing you? Week. That was just a short-lived... And uh, medical uh, professionals are our heroes. They went from heroes to trash just that quick. I- I'm so disgusted with the idea that people who at one point were running for the job, Biden, I'm from New Jersey. Murphy's not my governor. Don't hold that against me. Uh, uh, Biden, Murphy, and anyone else supporting putting people out of work because the government is saying the only way to solve this problem is our way. I, I, I don't mean to be crude, but I don't see much of a difference between this and Harvey Weinstein saying, do what I say if you want to keep your job. Well, I wouldn't make that I, analogy, I, but I would say this. The fact that nurses that, and, and medical professionals in particular and police officers in particular and military personnel in particular, the idea that people that worked in a Petri dish of COVID every day we're diving on COVID grenades, putting their own lives at risk every single day in the worst moments of this pandemic that we would ever, under any circumstances, consider firing them without bending over backwards and trying to accommodate people that, in my view, are heroes because they didn't have to go to work to save other people's lives in the middle of a pandemic, but they did it anyway. Many of them got COVID as a result of working in that environment. The idea that now we're going to turn around and say, oh, sorry, you're out, you're fired because they have a disagreement or a medical condition or a religious belief that whatever it happens to be, and they don't try to find a way to accommodate them. You know, in other words, thread the needle where you could have a safe work environment and also recognize the heroic work they've done for two years because Working in a hospital the last two years, you have been putting your life at risk of every single day. That's just a fact. And I'm not willing to just throw these people under the bus the way I guess other people are. And, and that's why I'm trying to offer whatever idea I possibly can, can offer so that we can accommodate them and also take into account the need for a safe work environment. Yeah, also, let's not forget the cops and the firefighters who saved us, some of them who probably saved my sister's life on on 9-11, the people who saved our country. And now you're willing to throw these people out out to garbage because they don't want to be coerced into taking... I'm one of many people. I'm not taking a vaccine under any circumstances. I know friends and relatives. I have an 85-year-old uncle, a tough army man, who survives COVID? I mean, it depends on your comorbidity. Listen, the, 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 this is a decision between you and your doctors. Listen, I've seen the worst of this. I know people that died from this thing. And I, I urge you to make the right decision for you with your doctor. Now, whether you're vaccinated or not vaccinated, most people, do, do you know what monoclonal antibodies are? I've heard you talking about it, but I, I'm, I want to talk about my resistance to the vaccine and my well just just take just listen i'm not playing doctor on radio or tv like everybody else but i would say this if you test positive vaccinated or unvaccinated please call your doctor immediately and ask them 
if monoclonal antibodies would be a good therapeutic for you immediately. I'm not, uh, and then you work that out with your doctor. That's what, that is the only medical advice I would give at this point. Because I, you've I, made I, up your mind. You're not getting it. I can't talk you into it. Neither can anybody else. Nor would I try. My parents couldn't if they were alive. But my point is the president shouldn't be trying to force anybody into it. And Fauci or the president, no, look, I've been a gym rat for most of my life. I haven't worked out in, in quite a long time, but I'm trying to get in shape to run a New York marathon. Fauci, Fauci's not healthier than me. Biden's not healthier than me. So if you're not healthier than me, how can you lecture me on what's best for me when I've been taking care of myself my entire life? It doesn't make any sense for someone like the president to be telling me, well, COVID is going to affect everyone the same way. You're, you're all going to die from it. You're all going to get it eventually. You've got people predicting the future, telling me that they're certain, the, uh, Rochelle Walensky is certain, that I'm going to get COVID. I don't do large crowds. I don't touch doorknobs. I'm not around large groups of people. I know common sense to stay home if I, if I feel sick or have a fever. We have parents, for God's sakes. They've kept us home from school. We know this. The idea that the government is saying that they don't trust us, to make common sense decisions, but we're supposed to trust them. You can't have it both ways. If you don't trust me, I'm not going to trust you. It doesn't make any sense to try to force someone into trusting them. You don't force uh, trust and coercion. You don't coerce someone to trust in you. It just doesn't make any sense, Sean. Listen, you're confirming what I've been saying, is that I think the debate of vax, don't vax is over. I think everybody's kind of made up their mind. Now the question is, are we really willing to fire the military, uh, emergency medical people, people that work in hospitals, nurses and doctors and policemen and firemen and, and, and emergency medical people? Well, apparently I can tell you in New York, they are willing to go that far. To me, it is sad because the real heroes in particular in this pandemic were the ones that put themselves at risk every day in that environment and there are, there are thoughtful ways that you can accommodate them. Nobody seems willing to accommodate. It's one size fits all medicine. And um, I, I, I mean, it's shocking to me. How do you go from being a hero now to getting fired, you know, in just less than two years? Anyway, appreciate the call. Wish you the best always. 800-941-SEAN is our number. That's going to wrap things up for today. we got a busy, busy Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern on the Fox News Channel, including the return of Dan Bongino and Geraldo. That's always going to be interesting. Reince Priebus, Ari Fleischert, uh, Greg Jarrett, uh, John Solomon, Alan Dershowitz, Laura Trump, Dr. Sapphire. News you'll never get from the media mob. Please set your DVR, 9 Eastern tonight, Hannity, Fox as always, thank you for being with us. You make this show possible. We never forget it. We'll see you tonight back here tomorrow.